Are you enjoying our podcast? We want to hear your feedback. We are now on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Whichever platform tickles your fancy, give us a like and a rating. I like having my fancy tickled. Ooh. Hi, folks. Dr. Gina here. Before we get started, I need to make a correction. Dr. Ben Carson is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Medical Necessity Podcast, where we empower your mind, body, and spirit. This show does not offer medical advice, but it will help steer you through the whitewater rapids of misinformation. And now your guides, Katrina and Dr. Gina, PT. Hi, this is Dr. Gina. And this is Katrina. We're back with the Medical Necessity Podcast. And in this episode, we decided, well, I decided on a cold ass walk around the lake one morning uh, that I was thinking (laughs) this was just after the um, advice from someone I, who shall remain nameless, we'll call him Voldemort, uh, suggested (laughs) that we suggested that we might look into, uh, putting UV light up our butts or something like that. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) so I don't know, that might be a misquote. Um, But it got me thinking about experts and specifically, you know, our topic, medical experts. And I thought, hey, this fits into our series on health literacy because there is a lot of information out there. And man, I was just, I was so pissed off that, okay, number one, I'm pissed off that we're trying to figure out, you know, the whole thing about masks and what masks protect you, how and what and where, and, you know, it's coming from all these different sources, you know, some of them, you know, one of them, the Surgeon General, who that's, that's how I learned how to make a bandana mask with headbands, with episode three, talking, talking about them medical experts. So, Katrina, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's that? Now, uh, knowing me as a physical therapist, do you trust me as a good source of health information? Well, in a general sense, no. In a sense of what you have studied for physical therapy, yes. So if I had a rash, I wouldn't go to you. But if I had pain in my hip, I would but that's only because I know you as a physical therapist. Yeah. But if you were just Dr. Gina, I would probably try to ask you about a rash until I found out that you didn't specify in overall health. Because doctor means to some people, they know everything. So it would just depend on what you have gotten your doctorate in. Yeah. Um, Here's, here's an interesting point, which kind of tells you uh, how little the general public knows about physical therapy. Do you know that I have treated wounds? And Ooh. yeah, and part of my training is in wound recognition, wound care, um, skin problems, to be able to know if it's something that 
that I need to refer you to a specialist for. Well, look at that. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much, so much confusion out there, let's say. Yeah. Why do we, well, let me, let me back up. Why is it important that we need to trust health and medical experts? Um, I would say so that they keep us alive and well. I mean, that's the foundation of it clearly, obviously. Um, We know that if we have an issue, we go to them. Uh, I would say what actually enables the trust in them is feeling comfortable around them knowing that they have your best interest at heart. Aha. How do you know this? Well, I would say off a judge of character. I would judge it off the person that they are, but you could also judge it off the way that their office looks. Are they reputable? Do they have good reviews? You know, do they come highly recommended? Where are they located? What do they specify in? I mean, there's a lot of other factors that I would say lead to trust. But out of just my own knowledge as a person, I would judge it off of their character. Do I feel comfortable around them? Do they listen to me? Are they tentative? Are they trying to rush me out of their office? How is their staff to me? Do they hire good staff? You know, all those other factors. I'm more of a people person, so I'll pick up on those things over maybe seeing that they put up, you know, their degrees or their certifications on the wall, making sure, hey, this is a legit doctor's office versus you walk in and, you know, who knows what's in there. (laughs) Does this person have a license? Yeah. Yeah, like... (laughs) You know, you bring up a really interesting point about whether someone is tentative or not, uh, because I will revisit that later in this exciting book that I found over the weekend. Um, That I'll, yeah, that I'll, I'm kind of teasing it now, but I'll talk more about it later. So, tease me. (laughs) Well, that's the tease. I've got a book. (laughs) I've got a book and it talks about experts. Okay, well, there goes the tease. Yeah, you mentioned that we t- we tend to trust people that we know, like, and trust, right? Let's try that again. We tend to trust people that we know and like. Oh, my yep. goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same. I get what you meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's interesting to me because it's it's pretty well known that we tend to we tend to trust people who dress well. We tend to trust people who are tall. Um, (laughs) True. (laughs) You know, uh, we tend to trust people. We tend to trust people who are on the news, Mm -hmm. you know, or on uh, media. Um, For example, some of the, some of the popular medical experts out there um, Dr. O- Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. He recently said not too long ago that reopening schools would be worth the people, the two to three percent who would die in the process, and that it would be worth it. And I'm par- I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah. Yeah harsh that's uh definitely how I interpreted the first time (laughs) uh I don't think that's very good information to put out there I feel like if anything that would make people dislike him 
because people are very opinionated at this point in time. And with him saying that, if they have children, that could be their child that is put at risk that would die. Yeah. Small amount. Yeah, and rightfully so, there was immediately, you know, outrage and pushback against him, which puts into the spotlight, you know, who are the, who are these medical experts that we're listening to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, someone else I wanted to bring up. Now, with the spotlight on medical experts, I, I wanted to bring someone else up who who is an expert in his field um have are you familiar with dr ben carson i believe so he ran for democratic president or was running in the running the first like initial round last year i thought yeah except he was running as a republican oh okay yeah yeah and he's, he's our current um, head of health and human services um, under uh, President Trump. Did you know that he was a very renowned pediatric neurosurgeon? I did not. He was awarded the Medal of Freedom, I believe it was. He also was renowned for um, completing, um, it was an, a fetal heart operation. Now, if you think of that, think about the skill and the training and the expertise to accomplish that. And that, that is just one of the things that he was known for. He also successfully separated, um, twins that were conjoined at the head. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, would I look to him for advice now? Here's you, you talking about Corona advice or like yeah, any advice yeah. based on and like you were saying, kind of based on those elements of trust, like character and char- character. I think character and behavior, but his his behavior now to me is inconsistent with. Um, someone who is putting the best interests of other people first. It's, it's, you know, now his behavior is very confusing to me. I see. Yeah. Where have you seen current things on him or what types of behavior is looking inconsistent to you? I don't know if you remember when he was, he was one of the presumptive um, Republican nominees Remember when he got lost on walking, it was either on stage or off stage. And <laughs> I don't, <but> that's funny. <laughs> this, I guess it's neither here nor there. He's, he's um, someone who's, he's not in the news for giving medical advice, but I, I find it very interesting that he's an expert, but now he's expected to be an expert in providing the services of his, of his politically appointed office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a more of, you know, things that make you go home, you know, yeah. it's like, wow, he was a pediatric, he, he was, he was a hero. He was a pediatric neurosurgeon. There's a problem with trusting everything that, that medical experts say. 
And I think it's been, I, you know, I think it's been brought to the forefront more, you know, how, how I mentioned that, you know, it, it really can be, be a matter of life or death. If someone, someone says you should, you should take, um, Plaquenil to stop COVID, you know, mm-hmm. maybe kind of circling back a little bit. Um, I think I, I think I was so eager to get into my beef with uh, my, my beefs with some medical personalities on TV that I kind I kind of glossed over you know, why we need to, why we need to place our trust in health and medical experts to begin with. And one of the, you know, one of the reasons, you know, I, I know what I, I know what I know, but I don't have time to take off to go to medical school. (laughs) True. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm Because, yeah, you're trying to be independent and do your own research and help yourself, but you can't do it all. And But what can you do in the meantime, which is what we're discussing, like what can you do to help yourself? Exactly. Yeah, and there's also, there's also that whole realm of you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's, what, that's what a medical expert is trained in you know, looking, looking for those things that, you know, you or I walking in off the street. And I mean, my, my training as a healthcare provider, you know, I, I'm trained to look for what are called red flag instances that need to be referred to a physician or a specialist, you know. Um, for example, someone comes into me and says, ow, my back, ow, my back, ow, my back. And it's my it's my job as a physical therapist to find their to recreate their pain all right that's that's the best case scenario it's very unfortunate because it's not a fun process for the patient but it's fantastic if i can have them move some way or they can show me something show me some movement or we can, you know, press on some segment of the back or something like that and go, ow, it hurts, you know, those are, the, those are my symptoms right there, okay? Because then I know I am mechan- mechanically producing their symptoms, okay? That's best possible scenario. The worst possible thing is when someone comes in and says, you know, I've been feeling really crappy for the past few weeks. Um, kind of, you know, I'm really not sleeping well. Um, my pain really doesn't stop, you know, no matter what I do. So I'm automatically, I'm ruling out in my mind, you know, what could this be? Could this be a cyst? Could this be a tumor? Um, you know, is, you know, is it, is it cancer? It's, you know, something, you know, something that is not based on movement. And so this, you know, this person, this person could could need help and they need, and they, they, you know, it might be a case where they need to go to the ER right away. Okay. You know, 
Um, so what, why we have to trust the experts is because, you know, for something like that, you know, speaking on my training, I have, I have the training to know what to look for as far as what are called medical red flags, you know, for something, for something that needs, you know, basically escalation, you know, as far as medical care. Okay. And so there's, there's the, you know, the years of training, you know, and the work and the effort and the degree and the knowledge. Plus there's also a thing called pattern recognition. People, you know, folks with back pain, when they come in, I have, I have seen, I have seen things before. This is normally the way that symptoms present and someone coming in complaining with a possible red flag condition, they are, their symptoms are unusual. Okay. So it's that we have to rely on the, on, on health and medical experts for their, for their training and for their experience. And so they have this pattern recognition. Okay. And I think the, the problem becomes that, you know, we're human beings and we, we really, you know, we trust, we trust people, you know, we trust people in a white coat. We trust people that are on the news. You know, we trust people that are, that are quoted a lot. So then sometimes that trust can be misplaced. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So have you ever had, you know, like an, like an instance or, you know, can you think of any examples where that's happened for you or like any stuff you've seen in the news or anything like that? Yeah, me personally, uh, I, when I was 19, I had to go to the ER for something that was on my tailbone called a pelodonal cyst. And I had to learn about that like pretty quickly because it was pretty intense. And I was in a small town, so there's very few doctors that could help me with this. So I went to one doctor that didn't quite specialize in that, but did work on just in general. Uh, so when I had gone to see him, uh, he, well, my mom at the time, like when we talked about it, I went in by myself. I didn't know this doctor. There was a female nurse in there too, but he asked to perform a rectal exam on me because to like figure out like how in depth the cyst was. However, if you kind of look into it, performing a rectal exam has nothing to do with the intensity of a pelodonal cyst because of the fact that the cyst sits up and above the tailbone and mm -hmm. the pus pocket would sit above where the rectal like like area would go to an extent yeah, from my right. understanding. So I was really uncomfortable because this is the first time I met this guy and I was really scared about this cyst and he asked to perform this and then. And you're how old? You were how old? Like under 21. Yeah, right. Yeah. And my mom later on when she found that out, freaked out and was like, why did he do that? He didn't need to do that. So that was all just a really bad experience for me. And in general, he didn't really help very much. He didn't, he was very condescending too. And he talked to me, mm -hmm. he 
just kind of like was like oh you know it's gonna be fine you know just the way he like presented himself and then I ended up finding another doctor in a bigger city who did do surgeries on pelodonal cysts and he was way nicer he was also male too but he did not have to perform a rectal exam and when we brought it up to him he goes that doctor did what to you oh wow so that freaked me out um but this guy was great and he helped me along the way um so that experience there was just, yeah, you know, you go from your limited amount of like resources in maybe a city that you live in with people that specialize in something like that versus going to a larger city or different location or different state where they have professionals that have worked on a certain case that you have. So yeah, that's probably one of the biggest stories that I have. Yeah, I yeah, I am so sorry that happened to you. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Do you, you know this this really sucks, but do you know what it what it reminds me of is Dr. Larry Nasser, um, that doctor who that very trusted team doctor. Okay. Yeah. Larry Nasser, University of Michigan. Um, But yeah, he was the, I mean, how much, how much more, you know, can you trust, you know, he's the national team doctor of the U.S. gymnastics team, you know, and I actually, I, I watched his story, um, and it's just, you know, you mentioned the condescending part. And that that is so, it was so outrageous how he would, um, he would speak to his, pa- you know, his patients that he was abusing, you know, you know, basically saying, you know, this, it's like, this is part of the exam, you know, this is not, you know, it's like, no one's going to believe you. Um, you know, I'm a doctor, you know, plus many times it's like, he was so trustworthy, you know, and had, had all these credentials behind his name that oftentimes like a parent would be in the room while he was abusing the patient. Wow. I mean, it makes you sick to your stomach. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, wow, we took this, this went way darker than I even expected, but you know, I didn't really plan on telling that story, but it's, it got me thinking, it actually just came back to me as I was thinking about it. And it could be too, that maybe he didn't do that in a way that we're thinking right now, but maybe he yeah. did it because he wasn't even sure how to like test for this thing exactly to see maybe in depth like whatever so like that was my mentality of it it's not that he did something inappropriate it was just more that he was unsure he didn't specify in this issue so he was going to try options that he had available um but yeah definitely the way he spoke to me was more more what bothered me than the actual action of testing that so yeah I think that's that's what my point across was that I went to one doctor who spoke to me like a human being while the other one spoke to me like I didn't know anything. So, yeah, exactly. Which is really interesting because you, you brought up the word you would um, trust someone or you would be less likely to trust someone who's tentative. 
And this, this guy who did the complete wrong exam, you know, for your condition, he sounded pretty damn confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, I mean, that was, that was a really good yeah. exam. That, that was a really good example. And, you know, that made me, that made me think about not only, you know, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking back and I'm thinking not only Larry, Larry Nasser, but now also I'm thinking about, you know, remember the um, Tour de France, you know, cycling team. It's like they had a team doctor, you know, mm-hmm. they had, they had someone providing them, you know, with, with drugs and, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Yeah, and so many different varieties of just terrible, terrible <laughs> medical professionals out there. <laughs> Yeah, here all day. (laughs) I know. So, uh, so yeah. I'll ask you now, though. I want you to give an example. So, I guess that's what we could lead into next. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about it. Okay, I've got an example for you. Um, This was this was a little while ago. Um, My then to be husband and I, Phil and I were in the kitchen of our apartment and I was making iced tea and I took a glass pitcher and filled it with ice and then put the boiling water in forgetting that with physics that the glass would break and all of a sudden this boiling water would pour on my leg okay so I ended up with um, second degree burns you know they were they were big and blistered you know thankfully nothing you know more than that um, and I, I had started, um, you know, I, I was I was treating it by myself, but then it was starting to uh, look like it was getting a rash, you know, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, one day I started breaking out in hives all over. So I thought, well, this isn't good. So um, my my regular primary care doctor wasn't available. So I went and saw this other guy in the practice who I go in, he looks at my face, which is like all red. And he goes, scarlet fever. (laughs) Wow. And and so (laughs) thankfully I was wearing shorts at the time because I had a massive burn on my leg. And I said, what about this? (laughs) Yeah, like this is what I came in here for. Can you well <coughs> this rash, but what? Yeah, all of a sudden he made a massive pivot and <laughs> then treated me for a possible infection and you know for the immune response that I was having. That's ridiculous. That's just one look. Oh, yeah, know. one look. Scarlet fever. Yeah. Done. Sounds like he's at like an auction or something. He's like, there you go. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, what if uh what if I wouldn't have shown him that? Yeah, I I would have uh I would have uh had a burn on my leg still. Yeah. <laughs> and God who knows. knows. Yeah, who who knows? But thank you know, thankfully things things turned out fine with that. Oh boy. Um so yeah, so there's you know, there's a problem with um automatically trusting everything the experts say and it's kind of kind of to give a little bit of background in the field of science I wanted to bring this up uh my my training 
as a doctor of physical therapy is supposed to be all about evidence-based medicine. Okay, this is supposed to be um, this is supposed to be treatment based upon, you know, evaluation and treatment based upon um, scientific research, you know, on, you know, what works, what's valid, you know, there, there are three parts of it, which, you know, one of, one of them is also the background and experience of the clinician, the expertise of the clinician. That's, that's part of it. Uh, what's kind of interesting is um, people, um, you know, people are really behind evidence-based medicine. It's it's a relatively recent phenomenon. I mean, there was a there was a time, you know, before evidence-based medicine, and now we're in the age of evidence-based medicine because this originated with um, medical doctors in you know, the late 19th century in the 1800s, okay? Because before it was like, you know, what the doctor says goes. But kind of kind of going back to in the field of scientific research, if you look at the strength of evidence, so think of strength of evidence as a ladder, okay? With you know, really airtight research studies, you know, of what are called systematic reviews, you know, meta-analysis reviews of randomized control trials at the top of the ladder, okay? You know, this, you know, this is stuff that it's not just one study we're looking at, we're looking, we're analyzing a bunch of other studies to come to conclusions, okay? At the bottom of the, and there's a bunch of stuff in between, you know, including um, people who write what are called case, case reports or case studies, where they talk about, I treated this interesting case and this is what I did, you know? Like, like for example, um, I, I remember, um, I had to do a project on this one um, particular antibiotic that's used pretty he- that was used pretty heavily in hospitals uh, for treating urinary tract infections. Um, one of the side effects is that when folks um, got up out of bed, they've had a few cases where your Achilles tendon spontaneously just you know, ruptures. Yes. Yes. Ooh. (laughs) In fact, yeah, because, because of that side effect, uh, it earned, I I think that was one of the reasons because of the side effect, it earned what's called an FDA black box warning. Okay. So long story short. Okay. That's kind of, you know, those, those case series, are in the middle of, you know, how solid is this research evidence, okay? You know what's at the bottom of the ladder, the first rung of the ladder, you know, way below, expert opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have it, you know, because because I said so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. where a good person 
with good character would say, I don't know that. So I'm not going to give my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Or but they, here's, you know. Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, going back again, we put our trust in the, in the health and medical experts because of their training and experience and because of their development of that pattern recognition, you know, to be able to effectively treat people. Um, so we have on the one hand, we need to, we need to be able to trust our providers. And at the same time, we need to, we need to be um, good, good consumers of medical information. And I think where people get wrapped around the axle is, you know, how, how do you even start? Yeah. Well, um, tell me, uh, if you don't mind, like, repeating uh, your experience after your hike at, uh, at one of the metro parks. Yeah, so I brought my dog Winston with me, and I knew even when I was there, I was like, you know, there's ticks, it's spring, something's going to follow us home. So I got home that day, I had took off my hiking pants, and I found a tick on my leg. I was like, ew, ew, ew. so I had to take it off and throw it in the toilet, because I didn't want to, like, throw it out, because it could, like, come back alive. So then... It'll come, at, it'll, it'll come back after you. <laughs> it will. They always do. That's how I think about spiders and things. Like, you, they don't die. You got to flush them. <laughs> um, so I, on Saturday morning, I go to take my dog out. And I look, and I'm like, what's on your eye? And right above his eyelid, there was a tiny little tick that was all curled up and gross looking. And I, like, had to pick it off him and throw it down the toilet again. I was like, man, I almost went in your eye and gave birth to a bunch of other more ticks. Oh my God, that is making my eyebrow itch just thinking right? about it. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you had given him his uh, tick treatment like a good mom. I did, yes. You're a good dog mom. Thanks. He cost me a lot of money, but I love him. So he's got the Oh, oh, don't they though? Yeah, I have to get I have to get Pookie our um, increasingly larger cat, uh, some more GI food. Mm. Um, Did I tell you about the side effect of the GI food that we're not liking so much? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's giving him really stinky farts. Oh, no. Oh, God, like really, really. Okay, so he's an old man. So I'm saying, Mm. oh, Pookie, I'm so sorry you have old man farts. It's like they are. It's just, oh man, it's so bad. But he's doing so much. But the you know the the food and the medicine that he's on are uh, he's you know gained weight and he's doing better and everything. Um, you know, so thanks, Doctor Kim. Yep. I re- I rely I rely on my veterinary expert. Yeah. For information. Exactly. What? And actually, I asked them too. I'm like what's going to be the best thing for my money and that the treatment will work the best. That's why I switched over to an internal flea and tick for him. I did a topical and that's not the best. And then I did a neck like collar thing and that's not very good. And then like, this one's the best because it stays in his system for a long period of time and it's cheaper. And I was like, okay. So yeah, I agree. Yep. Good job. Good job. That's Clintonville. (laughs) Shout out Clintonville Animal Hospital. Yeah. Shout out 
Dr. Cohn at Perfect Care. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. All right. Circling, circling back on top, circling, circling back, getting back on topic. Can we square I keep back? Cir- I'd, I'd prefer to square back. I'm, I'm tired of saying circling back. Maybe it's because I'm looking at my ring light. <laughs> I keep thinking, I keep thinking of circles. <laughs> You're seeing them too when you look away from it, aren't you? <laughs> I, yeah, I am. Uh, do you, do you know, have you noticed like all the, um, like the TikTok videos and everything? Do you see the, I, it's like, I notice these little things. You can, you can see the ring light yeah. in mm-hmm. people's eyes. Like yep. everyone's, everyone's got the ring light. <laughs> so weird. So weird. The times that we are in. Yes. Oh my gatos. Oh boy. So we, we talked about, we talked a lot about, and man, we, we took a much deeper dive than even I was expecting into the, into the here on medical necessity. That's deep. That's what we do. That's what we do. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Cause you can trust us. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I trust I trust us to say I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Since we took such a deep dive, this feels like a good place to wrap up. Next time on the Medical Necessity podcast for part 2 of episode 3 on Medical Experts, we're going to talk about the book Dr. Gina mentioned for real and from it 11 simple never fail rules for not being misled by experts and how that's a lie. And how Dr. Gina got punked, punked, punked. But we'll be able to give you some tools to help you evaluate what the experts say. Are you enjoying our podcast? We want to hear your feedback. We are now on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Whichever platform tickles your fancy, give us a like and a rating. I like having my fancy tickled. Ooh. This has been Medical Necessity with Katrina. And Dr. Gina. And we want you to remember, if you find yourself in the flood of medical information, keep paddling, stay off the rocks, and thank you for joining us on the ride.